Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your health care provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, how's everyone doing on this Memorial Day? I want to say thanks to all the service people out there, especially for myself because I was in the service there for 10 years in the Coast Guard. And thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you're doing now, protecting this beautiful country. So today, we are going to get into another different subject that, you know, I should have been switching back and forth, but today we're going to be talking about fibromyalgia. Particularly, it's going to be 16 things fibromyalgia sufferers need to stop doing. But before we go there, let me give you an update on my uh, progress. I will, will be taking my, um, my test, two of them, the ultrasound and the MRI. Um, next month in June, it's only a couple of days away, but after that, then I'm still waiting to figure out when I'm going to be taking that third test. So that's, that's probably going to be a while because I, st- I still have to see my regular doctor before I can get the approval to go there. So again, you know, that's going to be a while, but I will keep you updated as I go along here on this journey. Alright, so 16 things people with fibromyalgia need to stop doing. Living with fibromyalgia, we are often told what we should and shouldn't do. It gets tiring taking advice all the time, especially when that advice often comes with understanding. I hope that the list below is a bit different for you. So this is, um, I'm going to be reading this from um, a individual that wrote this article. And I'm hoping it helps you all out there too. The list is based on 30 things we all need to stop doing. I couldn't disagree with their advice, but I also felt there were quite a few items that were specific to living with chronic illness. These are things that everyone does to some extent, but they are things that can definitely make make us feel even worse as we live with fibromyalgia and other chronic illnesses. Number one, stop putting your own needs on the back burner. If you have any sort of chronic debilitating condition, you need to put your own needs first. Even if you are the healthiest person on the planet, or you shouldn't let your needs go to the back of the line. Since fibro is most common among women, this is especially true as women seem to be trained that their needs should come last before their husband, children, church, jobs, volunteer effort, and anything else that could possibly come before them. 
If any wonder we give ourselves any time at all, sadly, too many of us don't. Number two, stop spending time with the wrong people. If someone is adding stress to your life, that stress is making you sick. Remove the stress by removing that person. You may not be able to completely remove them, but you can choose to avoid them when possible. Number three, stop holding grudges. Holding a grudge is unnecessary stress. It causes us to create negative thoughts about a person when we do think of them and to only focus on those negative thoughts when we should be trying to find ways to focus on more positive things. Let go of the grudge. You still think of the person on occasion, but when you do, just shrug it off and replace the thought with a thought of someone you care about that makes you smile. Number four, stop trying to be everything to everyone. The ability to say no is a highly underrated one. Too often, those of us with fibromyalgia are likely to be unable to say no, feeling guilty when we can't or won't say yes. We can be everything to everyone, but we can't be everything to ourselves and we don't have to be. Number five, stop lying to yourself. You are sick, admit it. You don't feel great. Someone else asks and you answer with, I'm okay, but it's not the truth. It's not the truth when you say it to them and it's certainly not the truth when you say it to yourself. Number six, stop wasting time explaining yourself to others. Most people don't care enough about you to take care about your disease or disorder or why you can't do what you want to do. Keep it simple. Just say no and move on. Don't try to explain why you can't do it because they probably aren't listening anyways. Number seven, stop trying to hold on to the past. While you may be able to find ways to improve the, your symptoms, You'll never be 100% again. There will always be limits. Stop trying to retain the levels of life you had before your illness and then realize that was then isn't now. Focus on what you can do instead of what you used to be able to do. Number eight, stop berating yourself for old mistakes. Guilt and blame are our constant friends. Stop beating yourself up over things you've done in the past or things you wish you would have done but didn't. It's in the past. Let it go and move on. Again, focus on what you can do in the future. Number nine, stop being jealous of others. It's so easy to be jealous of what others have or want others can do. Little do we realize that they have limitations too. No one sees the true life of another, their abilities or disabilities, their limits. Don't judge your life based on the, based on the Jones, real or imagined. That means keeping up with the Jones. Focus on what you have. That is wonderful. Number 10. Stop complaining and feeling sorry for yourself. Seriously, it's okay to throw a pity party once in a while. But it should never last for more than five minutes. And you should never invite friends. Focus on the positives in life. 
there are many. Stop number 11. Stop overlooking the beauty of small moments. How many times have we heard that we should stop and smell the roses? You don't really appreciate those small things until you can't do them anymore. So take a few moments each day and really think about the small things you were able to enjoy. Write them down so you can look back on them later when you are contemplating that pity party. Number 12. Stop trying to make things perfect. They already are. Okay, maybe they aren't perfect. Maybe they can even be better than they are now. But the point is that you need to focus on reality instead of perfection. Take small steps to improve things and get closer to the idea of what you want your life to be like and not constantly worrying about how far from perfect you still are. Number 14. Stop worrying so much. You feel like life is out of control and it is so don't worry about it. Let life be what it's going to be. Control the things you can control and let the rest go. Constant worrying will only make you feel worse. Number 15. Stop focusing on what you don't want to happen. You don't want to wake up tomorrow in the flare, so it's all you think about and you end up keeping yourself from sleeping, which results in waking up in the flare. Sound familiar? Well, stop. Instead of thinking, I don't want, think I want. Focus on the good night's rest you know you will get and how great you know you will offer feel better tomorrow because you made the right choices about the things that are in control. Number 16. Stop being ungrateful. Be grateful every minute of every day. There is something wonderful to be grateful for. Say thank you for the small things and mean it. Instead of getting upset that someone did something that you intended to do because it made you feel useless or like they thought you were doing, weren't doing your part, be thankful that they just freed you up to do something else you wanted to do. I probably could have worked in all 30 of the original list, but this, these are enough. Which, these things you need to work on in your life. What have you found it important to stop doing to feel better. So since we have so much time left, that only took about 10 minutes, why don't we talk about something that is kind of strange to men, I guess, but why is it and how fibromyalgia affects women more than men? So that should be a good topic here to finish off today. It says here that women are much more likely to receive a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. Some estimates suggest as much as 90% of the diagnosed cases of fibromyalgia are female. Not only are there more cases of female fibromyalgia, the symptoms appear to be different for men and women. So, I guess there is a percentage of men, 10%, that can get it. But it's most likely fibromyalgia is, uh, usually affects the women more than the men. So the first is menstrual pain. Obviously men do not have menstrual pain, but many women with fibromyalgia experience greater pain during this part of the cycle than other women. 
Female hormones like estrogen and progesterone are vital to a woman's cycle. They also have an effect on the central nervous system, which means they're pretty directly connected to the pain. It is possible that these monthly pains are increased due to hormone interplay with fibromyalgia. It has also been theorized that testosterone may protect men from experiencing some fibromyalgia symptoms. Another concern that men do not have is menopause. Women with fibromyalgia that have reached menopause may feel worse than others. In addition to the pain and soreness, they may also suffer from crankiness, anxiety, and a general acheness. Prior to menopause, during premenopause, women may have pain, tenderness, lack of sleep, memory problems, and depression. Women with fibromyalgia can experience an increase in their symptoms. They could also suffer from endometriosis and the accompanying discomfort. Medical professionals have identified 18 potential tender points for those with fibromyalgia. These are the areas of the body that hurt when they are pressed or touched. Pain in the pelvic region that lasts six months or longer is considered chronic pelvic pain and dysfunction. These can include irritable bowel syndrome and painful bladder syndrome. These are also conditions that affect more women than men and women with CPBD issues and fibromyalgia will typically have more pain associated with these conditions. In fact, research shows that these issues have similar cases, but there is no known relationship at this time. While fatigue is a symptom that most people, men and women, experience with fibromyalgia, it appears as if women suffer more from fatigue, whether it's the fatigue itself or it's felt more profoundly in women because of fibromyalgia directly or as a symptom of some concurrent symptoms that are reported with fibromyalgia is unknown. Depression is clear that having an illness that causes chronic pain with no cure or exact course of treatment can cause depression in any sufferer but it may be that women feel more of a depression. So what causes fibromyalgia? Where there is no known cause for fibromyalgia, there are some events or causes that could work together or with underlying conditions to cause a person to develop fibromyalgia. Potential causes could be genetics, fibromyalgia does appear to be run in families, so there may be genetic mutations that can make a person more susceptible to developing the disease. While there is nothing that can be pinpointed yet, technology continues to move forward and there may be one day be much more promising information in this area. Infections, some illnesses tend to either precede fibromyalgia or aggravate existing cases of fibromyalgia. It has been noted that severe trauma, both physical and or emotional, can trigger fibromyalgia. If you suffered a traumatic event and are suddenly feeling a generalized feeling of pain or aches that seems unrelated to the event, it might be time to seek professional help 
The C of fibromyalgia is the underlying cause. There are some risk factors and commonalities of people with fibromyalgia that might help you predict if you're predisposed to developing it. Being female, as discussed, women are much more likely to be diagnosed with fibromyalgia. There are some researchers who believe that a more significant amount of men have it than is diagnosed for multiple reasons, but for the time being, women are much more likely to develop fibromyalgia. It appears as if there is a familial or genetic correlations to fibromyalgia. So if you have a family member with fibromyalgia, you may have a greater risk of developing it yourself. Also, there seems to be a connection between osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, and lupus. If you have one of these disorders, you need to be aware of the beginning signs of fibromyalgia and abnormal pains. And finally, you cannot diagnose fibromyalgia with an x-ray, a blood test, or other exam. Sometimes the symptoms of fibromyalgia fit with other conditions and a diagnosis can be missed. It's also possible that many men are being underdiagnosed because of the symptoms are less severe. Seeing a doctor is a smart place to start as they can rule out other possible causes of pain and fatigue. If, you're, if you are diagnosed with fibromyalgia, it's important to remember that there is no cure. The goal of your treatment plan is to alleviate your pain and improve your quality of life. In addition to prescribed therapies and specialists, you may want to look into supplements that can help your fibromyalgia pain. And here's the bottom line. Fortunately, fibromyalgia is not fatal and it's not a progressive disease, but it is a chronic condition and you'll want to team of medical professionals and an emotional support group on your side. Understanding the risk factors and what can cause fibromyalgia is an important part of proper treatment of it. As science progresses and deepens our understanding of this disorder, new treatments will help us fight it. I wish these were things that you know I knew um, when the onset of neuropathy started hurting me and, and causing issues. You know, I might have been able to stop it back then if I would have known that that I was diabetic. Um, but it was too late by the time they figured it out. But hey, thank you for being here today. I want to remind you, don't forget about my um, my other sites that I have, especially my store. I'll make sure that I put up the link tree so you can see all the different sites that I have. If you could do that, that would be great. Pass along this information to others if you have have a way of doing it, either through Facebook or other means. And you have a great Monday. Have a great week. And I will talk to you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.